When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 302 of the big show, some enforcer based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wild Wednesday, hump day Wednesday, almost there, folks. Oh, yes. Oh, we have an action-packed episode for you today. Well, I don't know about that. That's a, That might be some false advertising. I don't know. We'll see. I'll tell you one thing, though. I got a list. Tim, I got a list. All right. I got... Well, I, I at least have one listener now till the end of the show. So, Or maybe I'll just fast-forward to the end. I don't know. But uh, how are you guys doing? Thanks for tuning in. Um, first off, I want to... Uh, I want to thank everybody for the uh, feedback on last, or I was going to say last week, no, like three days ago's episode. I know there's a, uh, well, Lazito leading the charge. There's a few cats there that uh, that uh, appreciate my week on the internet segment. But uh, no, the feedback about uh, about Big Mac, Steve McIntyre, was, uh, was really strong. And uh, I really hope, uh, as I said in the episode, that... Uh, you go back and, and check out my old interview with him. Um, I'm hoping to get Steve back on the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody that tuned in for that and, um, and, and sent the, sent the feedback. I always appreciate that. But, uh, well, gang, what do we get? Well, I mean, normally I do my week on the internet on Sunday's episode, but I got a few, it's my week on the internet and I'm only like two days in here because I'm recording this Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, we're off to a hot start this week. Um, well, I'll do this first. Um, yeah, um, as I said, member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network, and we got and a new one. Um, so there's uh, every NHL team has a podcast. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. On the original content side, it's myself, Terry Ryan. Let's get it and five for fighting podcast. Yeah, that's right. That mud show in North Carolina. Alec, he is uh, he is now a member of the network, which I'm I'm that's cool. I'm I'm happy for that. And uh, actually, Alec has a uh, new episode out. It is his interview part two 
uh, or I, well, I keep saying part two, like it's a continuation. It's just another interview with uh, Chris Ortobody, uh, East Coast Hockey League tough guy. Um, his first interview was very enjoyable. Second one as well. So definitely tune into that. Alec also, as much as it pains me to say, does have a tremendous back catalog. Frank Bialois, um, Frank Littlejohn, Jason Rushton, uh, on and on. So I highly recommend you checking that out. And then, for my off-network friends, of course, I got Jolton Joel Lazito. He's so busy, he's got, he loves it so much, he's got two podcasts. Kinda. Well, he's part-time Joe, but put him together, he's full-time Joe. So, first, he started off back in the day, Coliseum Chronicles, New York Islander podcast, and it is just that. He interviews former Islander players, farm system, that type of thing. He also has the Nordiques Knuckles podcast, something else that he wanted to do, also being a Nordiques fan. Uh, so he's got both of those going. Uh, he recently released just part two interview with uh, Ross Olson uh, on the Coliseum Chronicles brand. So uh, Joe's flip-flop back. It's Pepsi and Coke, McDonald's and Burger King. It's uh, cats and dogs, I don't know, living together. It's really something. So, yeah, I don't know what to think anymore. But Lazito's got you going left, and then he head, and then he goes right. So, um, but he he does do a tremendous job. I will say that. So, uh, and again, great back catalog on uh, on the Coliseum Chronicles. The Nordiques Knuckles podcast is a fairly new podcast, um, but uh, Joe does a great job. Been around, knows how to interview guys. Uh, I mean, you you get you want the nitty gritty, you know. You after you're done listening to a Joe Lazito episode, you feel like you'll know the you've known the player for, personally for 20 years. So uh, that's how thorough Joe is. So uh, no, he does a great job. Joe's a good dude. Um, looking to have Joe on here in the near future. Um, yeah, actually, I had a number of of cats that I've been talking to. Um, I'm getting all my. I'm like, okay, you, you and I, we'll get you on. We'll talk about this. I'll get you on. We'll talk about that. And I'm I'm getting them mixed up. I, I was talking to John the other day, and I'm gonna have him on, and we're gonna talk about the myth stuff. But we're, he had mentioned the playoffs or something. I'm like, okay, was it you that I talked to about the playoffs? And he's like, no. And I'm, I'm like, you're the myth one, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Oh, I I don't know my friggin' up from down, you know. But uh, we're, we're I'm figuring it out here. I'm gonna sit down. I gotta. I, I literally have to uh, write up a uh, I, I, one of those. Maybe I'll get one of those boards, you know, with the with the pins and the strings all over. I got. I might have to do something like that. It'll look like a conspiracy theory board. Yeah, where's my tinfoil? Um, but yeah, why? Well, uh, but all that will be coming. Well, because I will say, and uh, of course with the playoff. Well, the playoffs are still going, but you know, soon to wrap up. Um, uh, much like. You know, a lot of the, the NHL shows on the network, you know, smartly take the summer off and, you know, come back when the season starts or the draft or they do a draft show or whatever the hell they do. But, um, yeah, I got a bunch of money. Not that I talk about a lot of current stuff, but if an incident happens or whatever, I get to, I can, it at least gives me like 10 or 15 minutes to yell about something. Um, but when the, uh, when the game is uh, not happening and we're in the dog days of summer, um, yeah, definitely scrambling for uh, content. I guess I'm all, I sh- now that I'm actually saying this, this bit kind of has no 
I, I, I guess I'm kind of always sort of scrambling for content at this point, 302 episodes in, you know, there's only so much you can talk about. Although today I was going to say there's only so many lists you could do. Today's list is very unique. Um, well, I'll get into this. Okay. Let's, let's get in. Okay. Here, where's my book? Here? Um, these are the topics I'm going to discuss today. Well, um, analytics. Gambling. Gambling in the children. We'll talk about that. Um, clickbait. Domi running from the Flyers. And then some fantasy matchups. Um, Rob and the fight group um, brought up uh, Brown, versus, Brown versus Brashear. Which, um, of course, anytime it's with Brashear, that leads to some interesting replies and idiocy. But... Um, but I also talked about, uh, McGratton and McKenzie. I threw out, uh, Ben Wilson and LaRock. Um, just, some, I guess, kind of getting ready for the, uh, for the Bob Probert Invitational. It's kind of some fantasy matchups. Um, actually kind of got my, uh, kind of got my juices flowing here for the, uh, cause I, you know, as much as the people irritate me, some people irritate me with those tournaments and stuff. I do enjoy, obviously I enjoy them or I wouldn't do them at all. Um, I love the minor league one. That's kind of my favorite one. I've always been a minor league guy, whatever. But I will say, nothing gets the people out more and commenting and people riled up and everything else than the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament, without a doubt. And, um, yeah, I'm uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I think um, that is another tournament that I'm going to do on Facebook. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I keep, I'd like to do it on Twitter because I like the voting better on Twitter, the, like the polls and stuff and the setup, but Twitter is just so dead. It really is. And I just can't, I don't know. I think it would be much more, um, I think it would just be busier traffic on Facebook. So I think that's what I'm going to do. We'll see. But I mean, I think when I'll, I'll probably do that in about August, I think that tournament. So um, but yeah, anyway, but these fantasy tournaments that Rob kind of threw up here in the last little couple, uh, last day or two has, has kind of got me kind of going again. So, um, I'm going to talk about that and, um, and then my list is 10 NHL players who could make the jump to MMA. I have no idea. So it's, I got this list sent to me. And, uh, it sounds ridiculous and I am looking forward to reading this. Um, I don't think I've covered this before. I do a lot of lists that obviously with all these lists, but I don't remember, like I said, I don't know. I haven't read the list yet. I just had the link. The guy said, he goes, oh, you gotta read. It's hilarious and whatever. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I never read them ahead of time. I like discovering them with you. And, uh, so we'll see what happens here, but just the title alone so far has me, uh, the, uh, as I said, the clickbait, I guess maybe we'll see, but, um, yeah, so that'll be the list. So 10 players who could make the jump to MMA. I'm not really sure what that's all about, but okay. But, uh, let's go, let's get into this, shall we? Um, well, I gotta say right, right off the top. And I, I mean, I guess I've said this before, but you know, we're sitting here, we're friends, right? We're sitting here just having a, on a Wednesday talking. Um, mo- 
obviously I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. I have been for years. Um, you know, it's the unfortunate dealings of a, with doing a podcast. Obviously you need to be on social media cause you have to promote the podcast. So, um, and I do my best to put up pictures and videos and blah and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know in this last little while, um, because on Twitter, I, w- I would I would engage more on Twitter uh, just because it was busier and stuff. But um, there just there seem to be more idiots on Twitter, um, and that's true. But in these in the, and again, I understand that these Facebook groups, like these fight groups, I mean that is my my core audience that listens to my show. But there are so many fucking tools in these Facebook groups. I was talking to William the other day and I'm like, I always apologize to William because it's like he gets stuck deleting all my shit. But it's not that I'm, I'm instigating it, but it's just like these fucking bozos. They just have to say stupid shit and they can't, either they can't stay on top. It has nothing to do with the topic that was being discussed and it's just, they just have to flap their lips about whatever the fuck direction you're going off in out in left field somewhere yelling, or they just make these absurd statements that are just, well, I'll bring it up. Like even with like the, the Brown and or, yeah, the Brown Brashear thing, you know, it wouldn't even be close. The one punch. It's just, just this stupid shit. Like you just couldn't say, I think Brown would win. No, like a normal fucking person just couldn't say that. No, you got to go the extra mile and be a moron every time. And they just say this stupid shit. They don't know what they're talking. They're just ignorant. They say it with such gusto, though. It's just like without a hint of self-awareness, like you ignorant buffoon. You have no idea what you're talking about, but you're just like, you comment that and you get this passive, like this backhanded bullshit. And then you try to like talk down to people like, you know, like you, you fucking don't. You sound, you're such a tool. You're a tool. And there are so many of them in these groups. It is unbelievable. Like it just, and they, it's just like they multiply. Just get like, just these members just get dumber and dumber by the day. And it's like the young ones, I always, I guess I kind of make the excuse, ah, oh, they're ignorant. They don't know any different. They grew up in the 2000s. They don't know. But then you look at these other, like some idiot, the other, I've watched hockey since the 60s. Well, you're okay. Then you've been a fucking moron since the 60s. I can't help you. Like just with your stupid shit. And again, I always say it's not because someone disagrees. I have lots of people that disagree with me. I live with someone that disagrees with me constantly. I don't have a problem if you disagree with me, but come back with something. Not to, I don't think so, bud. Okay, bud, you fucking dunce. Like, but then you call, and I laugh though when they say this stupid shit, and you know what it is? They've never been called on it. I'm sure in their little circle jerk of friends, they're the fight guy, and he knows, Dennis knows, oh yeah, Dennis knows. Yeah, and then he gets on these groups, and he flaps his lips, but he, but he's on, if it's about the Flyers, or the Leafs, or whatever his favorite team is, he's on those little fan groups, and of course, all the idiots on there agree with Dennis, oh, Dennis is our fight guy, he knows, you know, until he comes to these groups, then he says shit, and then he gets called out by someone that actually knows what's going on, 
and they don't know how to react to it. So then they just come up with all this stupid shit. Because they have no comeback, because they have no knowledge to dwell, like, to to get, to dig from. They have nothing. They're just full of hot air. And they, oh, and then it it just resorts to, okay, bud, champ, whatever, bro. You know, it just, okay, you're a moron. And it's just getting, it's just so tiring. And I know I should take my own advice. Like I always say, don't scroll. You'll be better off. Just don't scroll. Just post your shit, get in and get out. You know, and that's so true. And for the most part, I'm pretty good at it. I When I'm here at night, when I get home at the end of the day, I'm good. Because I really don't scroll social media. My problem becomes is when I'm at work. And I'm killing time at work. Or in the lunchroom or whatever. That's when you're, because you're just hanging out and you're scrolling. Then that's when I start scrolling shit. And that's when I see the stupid shit. Maybe if I just did some work at work, I could avoid all this. I don't know. I guess just... But, you know, but then, but then, like I said, then the problem is, is when you don't scroll, I miss shit that I want to read. Like, there are so like, I don't want to just sound like, oh, every, every, I know everything and everyone else in the group is stupid. I'm not, of course, I'm not saying that. There are great posters and members in these, in the groups that post good shit and have good thoughtful answers. And these are actually usually the, the people that I invite onto the podcast. Uh, because, because they'll always be, Oh, I don't know why you're asking me. No, I'm asking you because I I've read your replies and you're not a fucking idiot. That's why I've asked you. Um, you know, so, you know, and there, and there's, and there's lots of guys that I enjoy reading their stuff. So it's, you know, and same on Twitter. There's great, you know, well, I'm not going to start throwing everyone's names out, but it's just like, yeah, so obviously there are people I enjoy interacting with. That's that's why you're on the medium, right? But it's it's just like, ugh, there's just so many fucking clowns. There's just, I can't, ugh. Like today, like just, perfect example. Uh, like the clickbait thing. It's, like this shit drives me up the wall. And it's with like, with politics and everything. Just anything. This is why clickbait exists because people are morons and they don't. Of course, okay, yeah, so the clickbait thing. So the title says, Batman finds the Canucks. And you just read, well, it's because he hates Canadian teams and doesn't want them to succeed and blah, blah. And that's ridiculous that he'd find them 50000 for practicing and blah. Oh. And you go and, yeah. The Canucks were fined $50,000 by the NHL for holding on-ice sessions with a number of players in mid-April after the season ended. The sessions were held in Vancouver. These actions were in violation of the CBA. The CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement, which means it was agreed upon by the players, you morons. So they broke their own CBA agreement. That is why they were fined. It has nothing to do with Bettman not liking Canadian teams. Like, it's these fucking idiots. Like, read the article. The article is like four sentences. That's all you got to do. But of course, these friggin' Blades of Steel and House of Hockey and all this shit. They got to post the same 
stupid clickbait memes and these more you just go read the comment section and these people are just morons and they got a comment i always knew batman hated canada you know and just like you know these morons didn't read anything they don't even know what the cba mean they clearly don't know how unions work it's just that's why i said i hate people i'm trying to be i I try to be positive throughout the day i i do and it's funny, I, I get on here and I rant about people and everything. If you actually meet me in person, I'm actually fairly upbeat at work. I'm fairly gung-ho. People kind of like me, I think. And, you know, I try to have a cheery disposition. But it, this on, I read these idiots online. I have a few friends that aren't online at all, and I'm, I envy them in a way. I really do. Now you're like, well, Darren, you could just log off. Well, I could. I could do that, but... Then what do I do about this? This podcast that you all love so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> no, I need to be on. Now, again, you're right. I don't, that's true. That's true. I don't have to uh, um, scroll. But I don't know. I, I, maybe, I guess I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. Maybe that, maybe that's what it is. Um, yeah. Anyway, read the article, dummies, before commenting. Uh, one of the th- the other one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, was analytics. It, it just struck me funny. Um, there, she's on Twitter. Her name's uh, was it Rachel Dory or something? I don't know. Uh, anyway, she's uh, she makes the big case for the analytics. It just kind of cracked me up. Yeah, here's what there's a lot of harping on Matthews, and rightfully so. However, he leads the playoffs with 35 individual scoring chances at five on five. He's fourth in IXG. I don't have any idea what IXG stands for. Uh, well ahead of McDavid and Drysidle. The difference is Drysidle's been putting up Gretzky numbers on the power play. Then her next tweet, right after it, Marner has four five on five high date. Has four, five versus five high danger chances this entire playoffs. He's tied with Gek Geeky, whoever that is, and behind Glendurning. He's 40, 41st in IXG. He has been very perimeter and his numbers dictate that. Nylander is 7th in IXG and tied for 4th in high danger chances. Four. He's getting his opportunities, but he's snake bit. His numbers point out to a player that's ready to break out. Now, see, this is why it's shit like that. And you post that after they lose to Florida. They're down 3 nothing in the series. Austin Matthews hasn't scored in, what, five games. Nylander and, and Marner haven't scored in seven. And you come up with that, although you kind of shit on Marner. But Nylander and Matthews, and you're like, oh, it's, oh, he's got better, higher chance of dry sidle and McDavid and blah, blah, blah. See, it's shit like that. That's why a lot of people can't take analytics seriously. You know, and, and you know, oh, it's the, it's the mean old white man that's stuck in his way or whatever excuse I've, I've seen analytic people say a thousand times. Well, at the end of the day, Florida's leading the series three nothing, and you're on Twitter talking about how Matthews has had 34 score, high scoring chances more than McDavid, and you sound like a buffoon. 
Now I know stats you can you can manipulate numbers to any way you want to make your argument. Um and I and I am not going to sit here and say analytics don't matter. Um they do. I see the merit in them in a way. They're another tool to use to evaluate things or your team or whatever. I think they have to be used in that system. Um I don't think they're transferable, that's my opinion, but to team to team. Um, but it, it's when you make shit, when you post shit like this, this is also what like makes analytics for every for, step forward you go, you take five steps backwards because you just look like an idiot. I guess maybe share, like, well, I don't know what the, who those numbers are mean. Like, what are those? Like, I remember it was... I think I brought this up last year on the episode. Was it last year? Or maybe it was a Twitter thing. But I can remember when... It might have been actually... Now, again, it was Toronto, I think. when they, Yeah, it's when they lost to Boston in, in one of the first rounds. Some guy gets on there. Of course, he's from analyticscorp.com or whatever the hell numbers site he... You know, his, his little fantasy numbers site that he likes to have. Um... Oh, according to the numbers, the Leafs should have won the series four games to one as they badly out, or as they uh, grossly outplayed the Bruins. And this is literally after the Bruins like swept them, you know, and it's like, see, this is why you look like a moron. Because how is someone going to take you seriously when you say stupid shit like that? And, oh, and he had all these equations and numbers and oh, they did this and they did that and the Bruins were lucky and... Well, whatever, the Bruins are going on to the second round and the Leafs are going to grab their golf clubs. So you can have all your little equations and your calculator and, and everything else. It's just, this is why you can't, I, I think it's, well, it's been proven over and over again, despite what the little number nerds will continue to fight. Um, you cannot build a team through numbers. Um there, there, there are a bunch of attributes that you can't put number, you can't make a, an equation out of. Um, I remember t- I've talked to a million players. You talk to them, and I know the analytics people always get a giggle when you say, "Oh, you yeah, add this guy and this guy because he's a room guy. He's good in the room." And that, oh yeah, room guy, ha <laughs> ha, you know, some calculator geek. Oh yeah, he's like two hundred tenth in the NHL and you know, whatever, neutral zone rushes or some moronic stat. Oh, okay. You know, uh, you know, meanwhile, he's played 800 NHL games. Well, there's a reason for that, you know, and they, they are, of course, the goons have always been the target. Oh, Reeves is this and Reeves is that. And he should, oh, if you go by the number, he shouldn't be in the league. Well, I guess you would know more than GMs would, I guess. Well, that's because old, the GMs are just old hockey men and they're stuck in their ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, meanwhile, you've just now told me that Matthews has, is like, you know, has, has these, all these great five on five scoring chances, yet they're down. He hasn't scored in five games or six games, and, uh, they're down three games to nothing. Yeah. So, that's why it's hard to take seriously. Oh, and, yeah, I'm not even gonna go on. Somebody sent me a clip of her on, she, well, her explaining these numbers on some podcast. It's just embarrassing to listen to. It's just embarrassing. And I don't know who would listen to it. Granted, I don't know who would listen to this, but it's just like, oh, like just clinging to something. Like, 
you're just hell bent and there's no swaying you that oh that my calculations say this and my equations and blah 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 and it's just like you just look at the end of the day who's winning the series never mind your scoring chances blah 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 who was winning the series Florida three games to nothing so don't tell me how good Matthews is playing because he's not so and Nylander is not and Marner is not although you kind of said Marner wasn't but those are your big three so stop just stop anyway analytics in a nutshell folks oh the number of people and now here's a word from our sponsor light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook right now new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly Yeah, guys, I mean, Edmonton, odds on favorite right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook, plus 425 to win the cup. They have a lot of player props. Who's going to lead each series in scoring? Austin Matthews, McDavid, check it out. All the player props are there for the series as well as games, in-game action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets Instantly, that's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. The, the irony of, of coming out of that uh, coming out of that ad spot. Um, well, one, th- one thing that came out of when I posted, the, uh, I, I took a screenshot of her tweets and I put up the analytic ones um, on Facebook, because this was on Twitter that that was posted, so I put them up on Facebook. And basically, I just kind of wrote, oh, I said, ah, the analytic boats with a little smirky face. Um, you know, people are, uh, yeah, chances don't win cups. Uh, Dumba, yeah, I don't have six-pack or any abs at all, but I did the most sit-ups. Did I do that right? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, you know, oh, they should know how to ruin sports with irrelevant information. Yes, Sean, you were correct. Um, yeah, I was, I, that's why I was, sports was a lot more fun without analytics too. I will say that, um, analytic people have actually screwed sports up quite a bit. I don't know how much they've helped. I mean, I, I know everybody gets a hard on for money ball, but it's like, what did the A's, what, what did the money ball team win? Exactly. Fuck all. So, you know, anyway, um, but in having posted all that and everything coming up, um, I'm not going to say who it was, but they, but this gentleman posted, um, yeah, but Matthews is a poster boy for sports gambling, which our children see before and during each game, pushing addiction. It's disgusting. He's a punk with bad guidance and no passion to finish. Um, Okay, well, first of all, I don't know what that has, that has nothing to do with the topic at hand, so I don't know why you would post that, um, although it's a common theme in people, uh, squirrel, you know, just okay. Um, to go off on the, just a little, you know, I was going to say to go off on a little tangent, this whole episode has been a tangent. Aren't all my episodes tangents? Um, I've never understood this whole, you know, think of the children bullshit. Um, again, I guess on one hand, it's, it's hypocritical of me to say, I don't have kids. I don't have any kids. Um, I have nieces and nephews, but I don't have any kids myself, but I can go from experience. So, 
you know, as, as being a kid at one time, way a long time ago. But, um, well, I guess to, to, to the first thing is the gambler thing. I will say, I don't, I don't, I, well, I've said it a million times on here. I don't watch hockey anymore. Um, but I do watch sports. And I will say, the number of betting commercials is ridiculous. I, I'm not, uh, no denying that. Um, the, again, the ironic, the irony of it all is, of course, that this network, and I just played a gambling commercial of DraftKings. They are the main sponsor of our network, of this show. They are the reason I get paid for this. So I am going to say nothing bad about DraftKings. But uh, in all seriousness, though, um, I gamble. I've talked about gambling on this show. I go to Las Vegas. I enjoy gambling. I bet on sports online, on sport pro lines, etc., etc. I have for years. Um, grew up in a gambling family. Um, you know, not that anybody had like gambling addictions or anything. We weren't losing the house or anything at a poker game. But my parents went to Vegas on breaks like we do and uh, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, my brother is a poker guy. Black, you know, he likes to gamble. Um, yeah, we just gamble. But we know our, limp, like no one has addictions. We know how to handle our stuff. I always say the greatest thing for me was, is I worked at a casino for over 10 years here in, in, in town. And um, I saw the, the ups and downs of, and it, I saw the ups and downs of gambling. And I saw some real sad shit, without a doubt. And, uh, and there's no doubt that uh, gambling has destroyed lives, families, etc. Uh, it is an addiction, if not like anything, drugs, alcohol, etc. No denying that. Um, so, but, but in saying that, I am a big proponent of we're adults. Everybody can make decisions on their own. We don't need Big Brother making our decisions for us. If you don't want to gamble, like, if you don't like to gamble and think it's addiction or you think it's the devil's work or it's wrong, and fine, then don't gamble. But don't tell me what to do or how I should live or whatever. At the same time, you know what? If you don't want your kids to gamble, etc., that's not a very... To me, that's not a really reasonable expectation as they go on in life. I'm sure they'll place a bet at some point. But you know what? Maybe sit down. This again, I'm not a parent, so maybe I'm just yelling at the clouds and I'm being ignorant about shit. But I would think if you want to teach your kid, use this as a teachable moment and explain gambling to them. And the ups and downs and whatever. Having said that, I don't know why everyone acts like this is new shit. As there has been gambling on sports since the dawn of time. But in terms of, in, I'll just say here in Canada, because that's my what I can go by. Um, we've had pro line and sports select since, uh, for 30 years now. Uh, I believe it started in about 1990, because I was in about grade 9 or 10. It was right when I started high school. So it had been 1990 that... Pro-line betting was available. Now, for those in the States wondering what I am talking about, it's like your lottery, your Powerball, your whatever. But we can, we've been able to bet on baseball, hockey, basketball since the, since 1990. And you can go to 7-Eleven, you can go to your local gas station, wherever they sell lottery tickets, and you fill out a form and you look, and it was a, they're parlay tickets. 
for the gamblers out there. You can't bet single game. Oh, you can now. But at the top, they just started that. But you can't, from for the last 30 years, there was a minimum of three games, maximum of six. You could play on a ticket. And they were parlay tickets. Really, and ga- if you're for the real gamblers out there, they know parlay tickets are sucker bets. But whatever. But you can win a you can you up, it ups your odds. You can win a lot more money. I I love me some parlay plays. That's why I'm a sucker. But um, uh, but Proline has been around for 30 years. There has been commercials on TV for for 30 years. It has been on boards and everything for 30 years. It has sponsored sporting events. Your SAS lotteries, your Alberta lotteries, etc. For 30 years. So, again, this isn't new shit. And it's like, oh, when you see a... To go on about something else. If you see a, a bunch of kids with cages on and they're 14 or 13 and somebody punches... Or they shove someone in a slide in a handshake and now they all start rolling around and fighting with each other and yeah they're punching each other with gloves and they're wearing helmets and they got some mom in the back it up some parent in the back you know, screaming like an idiot and all everybody's just panicking like all of a sudden it's you know it's the the flyers and habs from 87 playoff brawl uh, it's just ridiculous and then it's like oh we should we can't have this in sports and all yeah because it just happens so much um, these same people that are saying this are, you know, in their thirties well, or they're old, they're older like me, like, oh, well, that's because of all the violence on hockey nowadays and everything else. That's, that's why the kids see it. And they emulate it and it's terrible and whatever. Well, 30 years ago, you and I grew up in the most violent era of hockey ever, ever. Like, 80s and 90s hockey, NHL, w, junior, minor league stuff. I'm not... This isn't hyper... Makes today's shit look like pond hockey. There's no comparison. It's Thunderdome back then. It really was. Look at the Probert, Twist, a Baruby, a Baba, all these guys. We grew up in the most violent era. Well, did it affect us? That's what I want to say to these people. Why I remember one time this guy was saying this thing, and he was about the same age as I am. I said, "Well, did you turn out like an idiot? Like, did you just throw needless?" Well, no. Well, why not? You grew up in the most violent era. Because we have to give kids a little more. I'd like to think we have to give kids a little more credit. Do they emulate stuff they see? Well, yeah. I mean, we all did. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But no kid is putting on skate, going to play in the, at 12 years old. Oh yeah, you know, it, come the third period, I'm going to pop my bucket and I'm going to have a tilly. No. No. No one's saying that. So let's just stop. They see the violence, they see Ryan Reeves, they're going to do that at their next game. No, they're not. No, because the kids know, oh, if I do that, I'm going to miss a bunch of games and I like playing and I don't want to miss my friends and blah, blah, blah. So no, they're not going to do that. So stop with the bullshit. Always like, oh, let's clutch the pearls and think of the kids. Like, dial it down. Like I said, just do some parenting. Explain to them what not to do. 
if they're acting up in hockey, if they're starting to get a little, like you can start to see if they're getting a little more violent at hockey, maybe pull them aside, say, hey, if you keep, they're going to suspend you or whatever, make them aware. You know, every once in a while, it's competitive nature. There is going to be some violence. I hate to break it to you. It's not, it, that's not all that bad either. A little violence never hurt anybody. Be a warrior in a garden. Um, but it's just like, just really like, I will say in today's age, I think innocence is definitely gone. I mean, they can go on the internet, like back when we wanted to see, I don't know what, like if we wanted to see a naked, you had to hope someone's older brother had a playboy or you'd find one in the bushes or something. Uh, now you can just go on the internet and you can see everything. You got Grand Theft Auto, you got Call of Duty, everyone's shooting everybody. Um, I would think the majority of these people that play these games um, know that they're just that. They're games. If you're raised properly and you're and you as a parent, you tell them right and wrong, um, I think you'll be okay. So I wouldn't worry too much about the gambling commercials on TV. Other than being annoying, um, I, don't, I don't think you're we're, we're raising a generation of degenerate gamblers, I think. Because, uh, as I said, it's been around for 30 years, and uh, we all seem to have turned out fine, for the most part, give or take. Um, like I said, well, I mean, you know, the Molson Canadian three stars, Molson Beer Labatt, I mean, there's been alcohol sponsorships on every sport imaginable. Um are we alcohol? Are we all, all alcoholic? It exposed us to all become alcoholics. No. So, you know, let's, uh, like I said, let, let's stop clutching the pearls and, uh, you know, and I can always say maybe give the kids some credit too. Um, not all the time, but <laughs> I, I would think, uh, let, I, I don't think we have to get too, too excited over shit. Um, last but not least, uh, before I get to my list here, of course, uh, we had the, uh, the famous Dave Brown, Donald Brashear fantasy matchup. Okay. Here I had to, I had to find the, find the thing. Okay. So we got, uh, like I said, I, 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 the, the fantasy matchups are out, like I said, getting fired up for the Bob Probert tournament here, but, uh, um, yeah, and just, but just, Oh, Brown, easy. Oh, yeah. Huggy Bear gets creamed by Brown. Uh-huh. Um, I think a, I think a 246-3 brush here would be too strong for a 215-65 Brown to hold off. Once Brown lost his reach advantage, he would have problems with Dawn. Uh, Two-thirds brush here. But I think if they fought 10 times, Brown would get one bone-breaking victory. Um Yeah, it's just, uh, of course, Brashear wasn't that good a fighter among the big boys. Too much hype for his size, but he didn't really win anyone big time. It was, you know, it's a Finnish guy writing it, but, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brashear didn't beat any, okay. He went undefeated for like seasons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like somebody typed in, yeah, your YouTube must be broken. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, 
so while Brown usually won in an ambush by throwing haymakers before the other guy got his gloves off, so if they both squared off evenly five times, I got to go with Brashear. Um, Brown always had the gloves off first. Oh, and when he didn't, he'd lost. Well, no, that's not true. He didn't. Um, again, I've, I've brought this up a bunch of times with Brown or with anybody or Samanko or all these. Their purpose was enforcing. It wasn't to have a classic Marcus of Queensbury bout for the entertainment of the fans. No, they were there to enforce and inflict damage for their team. And it was any way necessary. It wasn't about a code or any of this bullshit that it's, that hockey fighting has turned, turned out that fans think it should be now. Um, no, it was to be an asshole. Um, but Brown didn't jump everybody. Um, anyone who says Brash wasn't a good fighter clearly hasn't watched many of his fights or read up on him. Not only was he extremely aggressive, but he was ridiculously strong, as proven by Steve McIntyre saying Donald Brashear was the strongest he's ever fought. And when he was in Vancouver, he took some training with Smoke and Joe Fraser. I never deny Brash could be a rat and a piece of shit, but I was also put him against anyone in the history in a fight. He's taken up Bugard, LaRock, Orr, McSorley, etc. Love Brownie, with it, and it was a hard choice for me because all time he's three to five for myself. He's got length and equally, if not more, aggression and experience. I might have to say Brownie, but it would be a very close matchup. Yeah, exactly. Tim, exactly. Um, well, of course, Brown. But then Fatio beats both of them. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, uh, you know there, there's, there's, there's always that guy. Um, now, you know, yeah, this is a, Brashear's not in the same class, not even in the top 50. Okay, Alex. Yeah, I said, no, so I just write, that was when I replied to him, I'm like, seriously, question mark, get a grip. Oh, you get a grip. I've been watching hockey fights since the 60s. Brashear is a hugger and a behind the neck puncher. Belak finally put him out. I said, oh, Belak, yeah, it only took a decade for somebody to get him. Been watching hockey since the 60s. Okay, cool. Still doesn't make this comment any less ridiculous. Um, your comment's ridiculous. Do you think Brash is top five? Oh, a clutch and grabber isn't a heavyweight. Yeah, a guy, yeah, so somebody, a guy who played a thousand games and hammered every heavyweight for three generations, having one of the best fight guards of all time and a winning percentage at an elite level, a surely a candidate for the top five. You should really do your homework. Um, <laughs> oh, oh! Everyone has an opinion, but yours is not better than anyone's. Old Alex is just really digging in here. Uh, educated, unbiased opinions are better. <laughs> Obviously, you love Brashear. I would rate Ferguson, Larock, Simon, Probert, Coaster, McGratton, Wilson, Domi, Bugard, Winsick, and Fatio all better fighters. I'm not really going to go as far as there are more. Um, okay. Um, Brashear regularly beat Domi through their careers. LaRock didn't win his career series against Brashear with some recently posted. The only fight between Brashear and Bugard. You should probably watch it. Um, oh, of course. Watching Brashear fights puts me to sleep. Yeah, okay. Well, Brashear dominated Domi. Dominated Bugard when... When past his prime, I think your dislike is clouding your judgment. Um, and that's, and that's really what it comes down to in, in this shit. Um, these fanboys just can't get out of their own way. Um, and it's fine. Like, I've, I've said a thousand times in this show, 
I don't like Brashear. I'm not a Brashear fan. I'm, you know, but I've always given him his credit. Um, top 10, what, you know, you can, whatever top 10 you come up with. It's not like you're wrong. You can't, there, there's nothing, there is no right answer to that question. It's all, yes, it is all opinion and everything else. But from going from what other players have said, from the proof is in the pudding, you you might not like his style or whatever, but at the end of the day, it was effective. He got wins. Uh, he dominated some many top guys and did it for a long, long time. So like I always say, you can hate Brashear all you want. Um, and if your big thing is, well, Bulak got him. Oh, okay, well, Morissette got Probert. Larry Melnick got Brown. I mean... You know, you want to play the stupid game? I mean, we could sit there and do that all night too. Everybody got got. So that's not, and like I said with the Belak thing, yeah, it took about a decade for Brashear to finally get it. Um, you know, or else when somebody's trying to make a point about how bad Brashear is, they put up some shit from when he played with the Montreal Canadiens. It's like, okay, well, he was a rookie. But oh, good one. You know, don't use his prime or anything. You know, we'll, we'll do it when he first came in the league. You'll see, see. Oh, okay. You know, so it's just, like I said, don't have to like him. and Or else, just say, I think Dave Brown would win. And whatever, that's fine. But no, like I said, people just got to go the extra stupid. It wouldn't even be close. And, uh, okay. You know, now, for me, if I was, I actually think this isn't, like, I always say styles make fights. Um, stylistically, this isn't a good matchup. Because um, Brown is, is, is a one-handed fighter. And Brashear would tie him up because uh, there isn't that much of a size difference. Brashear would be, I would, just going because of eras and science and whatever, but Brashear would be stronger than Brown. I don't think anybody could argue that. He's heavier. Um, he's about an inch shorter. But I think he would, like Brashear, typical Brashear style, I think he would tie up, like bring Brown in tight. There'd be a lot of wrestling. And I just don't think uh, Brown could get that left loose from Brashear. Brashear would be hitting him with the noogies, and I think it would just, you know, get it would just go down or get broken up with. Um, I mean, I guess that's a Teflon way of not giving an answer. If, Like I said, if any, if someone said Brashear, okay. I actually think I would probably, I think I said Brown in the, in the thing, but now that I'm saying it, I, I think I would probably take Brashear to beat Brown in the, just because of the stylistically. I don't think the matchup is does well for Brown because Brashear is not going to trade with him. And if he traded with him, that would be all Brown. Um, uh, Cause I think it would be typical on the, you know, yes, Brown would probably get a quick jump on him, maybe get off a couple shots real quick. And then Brashear would just bring him in tight and then hit him in the side of the head. Like Brashear does kind of pull out a little bit, hit him a little more or else Brown would really tighten up. And then the refs would come in. I think that's how it would be going. So I, I think I, if I'm, if I was, if this was a, a Bob Probert invitational matchup, I think I would be, um, I think I might be uh, taking uh, Donald Brashear in this matchup. How about that? Well, that's going to, that's going to get me some hate mail. Um, the, the next little, oh, I, I did laugh at the, somebody put this quote from Brendan Shanahan um, when he fought Brashear. Uh, letter to my younger self, near the end of your career, you will fight a tough guy named Donald Brashear. After he takes some liberties with your captain, you will finish third in the fight, but do it anyway. Many establishments will still give you free beer for this. That was pretty funny. That was a good one. 
Um, but Brashear or, uh, Shanahan, um, that, that is a, that, that is, that's a, that's a quality, uh, power forward right there without a doubt. Uh, the other fantasy matchup somebody brought up was, of course, Brian McGratton versus Jim McKenzie. And man, that, that's a good one. Um, just go, yeah, like I said, solid match off. If, if McKenzie was in a pissed off mood, I, I might go with Jim, but McGratton has the size and strength to match, uh, McKenzie. Man, that'd just be a real solid tilt. I could, again, you pick either. There's no right, there, there is no wrong answer in this one. Um, but if you held a gun to my head and I had to make a decision, um, I think I would see McGratton. Um, Nick, what would Nick put here? Every fight a classic, Jimmy Mack doesn't have the pop to make Grat pay for his face first style. Furious if you miss him. Uh, this I'd love to see, unlike Brash versus Brown. This matchup would be about 10 classics, guaranteed. I don't think I could pick a winner. Maybe the slightest edge to Jim for not getting hit as clean as uh, McGratton, but Razor's Edge. Um, Nick, oh, somebody replied, yeah, Nick, that's a perfect synopsis. Uh, glad to see Big Earn getting some recognition he deserves. I have him in my top 25 of all time. Gentleman Jim also. Um, yeah, so do I. Um, I think you could argue McGratton might get into a top top 10. Think about it. How many guys did you think, do you think that's, do you think that are beating him? He gets in big trouble, in my opinion, with huge punchers, kosher play for a twist Brown. But other than that, he would be very hard to beat. My only knock on him was he was easy to hit and you can't do that with the big bombers. He found that out with Boogie. Um, it's an interesting, um, point of view. That's yeah. For me, McGratton sits in the top 15, but doesn't quite make my top 10. McGratton as a guy that can compete in any era. Uh, I think the fact that he was a champ holds a lot of weight for me. Great, great card, great style. He's the last gladiator in many ways. I just don't see a lot of guys beating him in a 10-fight series. Um, and Rob put, uh, the later years of his time as a champ, the league was changing and his competition wasn't nearly what it was in, in the 90s through the mid-2000s. For me, that hurts him a bit. He's 0-3 against Bugard. Hurts him a little bit as he got owned in that series. Not to discredit him, discredit him in any way. I just think to walk through my... I'm just walking walking you through my thought process. Um, yeah, Rob, those are all good points. I really have to watch. Uh, I really have, I really have oh, given up watching hockey at that point. He he was dominating Boogie then, then waited for the bomb. This would be his fate with Koser too, but each guy has their issues with certain guys. Koser in some, Koser is in some top tens, not mine, but he didn't do well versus Marty or Cochran. Brown, I don't think ever beat Marty, but Marty was owned by Brashear. Coaster on Brashear, but it's always a fun, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it's always a fun discussion. Um, yeah, it is, and uh, and this is what I was talking about. This is the stuff that when I, I get on the Facebook page, I, I, I yell, rant, and rave at these morons and stuff. But then you get in a good post like that, and people are making good comments, good points, having thoughtful discussions. There's a back and forth. Oh, I disagree. I think you get tied up. Well, maybe you're right. Blah blah blah. Adults, adults talking. That's when the groups are fun. But there's always some bozo that's got to come in. Um, but when it's, uh, but I, I enjoy a good, uh, I took shit like that keeps me around those groups. Uh, while that and I have to advertise for the show, but you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what keeps me scrolling the groups and reading the and, and taking part. Um, yeah, Rob, great topics, great topics. I gotta say.
And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Let's face it, with coffee starting at 5 bucks, yes, even without the customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we're officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently, solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is critical for getting the highest quality at the best price. And one dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Everywhere you turn, people have earbuds in, and they're always talking about, oh, I lost this one, I lost that one, you wouldn't believe how much it cost me. Well, Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer a buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a couple bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. That's right, guys. Eight hours of playtime on these things. And they actually, with the gel tips, they actually fit into most ears. I know I always have difficulty with that. And they fit into mine perfectly. Um, and the sound, tremendous. So right now, go buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. We should probably get into this list, shall we? All right. Click on my my list here. Okay. It is. This is from the Bleacher Report. Oh, it's an older one. 2011. It's hard to believe that's over 10 years ago. Um, Mike Shannon wrote this. Uh, June 7th, 2011. Uh, the topic is 10 NHL players that could make the jump to MMA. All right. With the NHL final in full swing, fighting has definitely taken a backseat to great hockey, which is always a good thing. Oh, here we go. We're off to a hot start. Again, folks, for like I said, with these, I, I get sent these things. What I don't read them. I don't look at them until I open them up on the air here recording. So I am discovering this list with you guys. However, there are no shortage of tough guys in the league waiting for next year to start so they can bash some skulls. Oh, okay. Uh, fighting has been commonplace in the NHL for so long that it's essentially part of the game for better or worse. There seems to be a fine line between being a cheap shot artist and a respected enforcer. But in the battle for a roster spot, all, all is fair in love and war. The whole fighting controversy always gets me wondering, which NHL players could make the jump to MMA and not get destroyed? <laughs> what? Okay, okay. Uh, fighting on skates and fighting in a cage are two very different things, but for some NHLers, actually seem like they could make the transition and at least be marginally successful. Uh, also, please do not take this list as, as an absolute truth. No one has any idea how any of these guys are doing the world of MMA, so there's really no need to argue or fight about it. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody's going to take your list. That's what's your name, Mike Shannon, uh, Mr. Shannon. I don't think anybody's going to take your list that seriously. But all right, um, which NHL player would jump to the MMA and not get destroyed? They would all get destroyed. No, there these people that have uh, no. Well, I'm answering my own question, but no, they have no idea how how tough MMA guys are. But hold on. 
All right. I need a drink here and we'll get... Uh, well, I'm excited for this. This is this is some good writing early on, boy. I'm on the edge of my seat. Look at uh Here we go. Number 10, Jody Shelley. All right. While Shelley is certainly nearing the end of his NHL career, the man is still a force to be reckoned with when he drops the gloves. 6'3", 230, Shelley is a tuning physical force with a lot of power behind his punches. He's not afraid to drop the gloves with anyone, including fighting legend Bob Probert. Shelley holds the Quebec junior record for most penalty minutes in a season, 420. Mm, that's not true. That's Marc-Andre Waugh, 653. And the NHL single season record as well. No, that's Brian McGratton. So this guy, uh, old Mikey, uh, you're, you're doing some lousy research here. Um, oh, okay, that's... Oh, I, I guess we're just going to throw out names. He has no reason to, like, why he would... All right. Well, I guess because he fought Probert. I uh, This is tremendous. All right. This is the stupidest. I'm already, I just started. This is the stupidest list I've ever done. Uh, number nine, Colt Nor. If you've watched the videos in this slideshow, you've seen Colt Nor make an appearance, appearance or two. There's good reason for that. The man fights anytime, anywhere. Or his reputation as a fighter has really grown quickly, helped him along by the fact that his juniors coach, said he has the best right hand he's ever seen. According to HockeyFights.com, he fought 13 times last season and won a good bit of them. Or does not shy away from anyone in the league. Showing a mean streak that can only help him in MMA competition. Alright. I, I, I Basically, I guess we're just going to list 10 tough guys and say that's who could make the jump to MMA. Um, or did have a good mean right hand, though. Number 8, Steve McIntyre. There you go. A lesser known name on the list. McIntyre is a physical force that has Wherever he has played, he led the Continental Elite Hockey League in penalty minutes in 2001 and actually received a lifetime ban because of a huge brawl with the Detroit Lightning. That is true. He actually went into the other team's bench and beat up the backup goalie. I got the video. Continental Elite League. Yeah, base, the Bay County Blizzard. Um, in his first NHL game uh, against the Calgary Flames, Big Mac picked up seven penalty minutes and has never looked back. One of the biggest guys in the list, standing 6'5", weighing more than 250. Certainly big and tough enough to deal with in MMA. Uh, McIntyre is showing that he has the short right hands are accurate and extremely effective. Something could that could only aid him if he ever decides to switch to mixed martial arts career. Well, after doing my player spotlight on McIntyre the other day, uh, he, do, he does have a solid left uh, jab. And uh, great body punch, as Brashear found out, and a pretty solid uh, right hook, a right cross. So, shit, this guy might be onto something here. Uh, Big Mac, yeah. Number seven. Oh, there he goes, Adano Chara. While the Bruins certainly do not want their captain fighting, it's almost scary to think what Big Z could accomplish if he snapped one day. Uh Uh-huh. Chara's largest player in the NHL. Opposing players always comment how difficult it is to deal with him because of his size. If you ever train properly, think of the damage a 6'9", 260-pound monster could do in an enclosed area. Well, I would say the I would say a rink is an enclosed area, but I get what you're saying. Uh, just look at the picture and see how big Chara... Well, yeah, there's a picture of the starting lineup with the Bruins. Yeah, it is pretty funny how big Chara is compared to everybody else. Uh, would you want him coming at you pissed off and trying to knock you out? No, thanks. Um... Yeah, it is. I will say it is always funny when you see like the pictures of Chara with people. It's just like massive. Dude was ripped too, but uh, he still can't fight. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, numbers. Oh, 
Tremendous. Number six, Dan Carcillo. Oh, yeah. Carcillo is one of those guys that who you absolutely hate to play against if you're an opposing player. Matt Bradley obviously found that out the hard way when Carcillo decided to turn a shoving match into a Mike Tyson reenactment. He led the league in penalty minutes and has shown a habit of fighting anyone at any time, sometimes to the detriment of his team. However, that mean streak would serve Carcillo well if the Flyers ever sent him back and he turned in turned to fighting as a career. He's under six feet tall, but fears no one has never had and has never and that's never a bad quality for a fighter to have. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to say about Dan Carcillo, to be honest. Not a fan. Number five, Paul Bissonette. <laughs> Twitter darling Paul Bissonette likes to make jokes about how him and his, the bench are very good friends. He's also very good friends with the penalty box, considering he spends the majority of his career there when he's playing. Biz Nasty has never met a fight he hasn't liked and always protects his teammates from cheap shots and late hits. However... Bissonette has the one thing going for him that some of the other players don't. Personality. As fighters like Rampage Jackson, Tito Ortiz has proven, having a personality is important to selling your fights. If people are interested in what you are saying, they are interested in seeing you fight. Anyone who follows Biz on Twitter knows he's one of the most entertaining athletes out there. Plus, anyone who beats the ever-loving crap out of that goon Trevor Gillies is okay with me. Uh, I, yeah, I don't remember. Bissonette, Bissonette fought Gillies. I don't remember beating the ever-loving crap out of him. Um, I laugh, you've been calling all these guys goons, but Trevor Gillies is somehow, that's, I would say actually of all the guys you listed, uh, Gillies would actually be the guy that I would take in an MMA fight, to be completely honest. Um, cause you know, he would take the training super seriously. Um, business personality without a doubt. This guy is correct with that. I, I can see why I picked Biz for the list for, uh, yeah, cause he would get out there and sell the fights for sure. Number four, BJ Crombean. Alright, that's it. Okay. Uh, a lesser known name thanks to a St. Louis address. Crombean is one of the most successful fighters in the league today. According to HockeyFights.com, Crombean has not been defeated in a fight since he came into the league in October 2010. Uh, Alright. Uh, not only that, but he's also received his rate. He's also raised his number of fights each season, taking on all comers and gaining more confidence in throwing punches. Well, I cannot guarantee his success would translate to the world of MMA. It's never a bad idea to bet on a guy who rarely loses. Um, when it comes to BJ Crombie, and I will say I have a blind spot there as I don't... Um, that was when I like was not watching hockey. I mean, I've seen clips of him fight. I know who he is. Um, isn't he the guy, though, that... Um, didn't Ronaldo drop him? Or was that Barch? I think it was Crombean. Pretty sure it was Crombean. Um, I remember seeing Crombean. I, I have nothing for or against him. Um, I, I I have not gone down the Crombean rabbit hole. Uh, maybe that could be a player spotlight. You know, that way I could, I could educate myself. And maybe educate you, the listeners, uh, who maybe be saying, who the hell is BJ? Well, I don't think anybody's... <clears throat> I don't think, in a, I'm not trying to say that in a disrespect, who the hell's BJ Crombie? I'm not trying to say that. Um, but I think we could maybe go down that rabbit hole. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to, yeah, we'll see on that. Chris Bart's another one. Because he was, uh, who who was he fighting? I did the spotlights on, on Rose Hill and, oh, son of a bitch, who was the other one I did the spotlight? Anyway, Bart was on there fighting a couple of these guys, and they were really great fights. Um, I kind of, I definitely want to go down the Barch rabbit hole. Cause again, that was that, you know, anything from 2010 to current, it's like, 
I've seen them would see them now and again. I know who they are, but in terms of going to uh, like rattling off their fight card, I cannot do. Um, anyway, moving on. What was that? Four, three. Here we go. Um, Derek England, uh, a relative new addition to the tough guy list. England was called up by the Penguins due to injuries. Uh, he stepped in the enforcer role almost immediately. He was with his one punch knockout of noted fighter Colton or England, England established himself as a respected fighter with someone who would not back down from a challenge added to his credibility. Former NHL enforcer, Jim Thompson told TSN's off the record that England was the best fighter in the league, calling him the NHL's hardest puncher. Now, I'm no expert. When someone says you punch harder than anyone else in the league, I'd say you have a good chance in any fight. Um, yeah, well, that, that yeah, I would say that's a true statement. Um, what was this, 2011? At the eight, Well, I don't know if I ever call England the best fighter in the league at any point. Um, he could go with anybody in the league. He was big enough. I like England. Tough guy. Um, yeah, I... I... I I can't sit here and say who the hardest puncher is because, of course, none of these people have punched me. But uh, England had some, um, you know, had some big wins. So, okay. But I would say with McIntyre and, like, Bugard and those guys around, I'd probably put them ahead of him. And Colt Moore probably put them ahead of England, but in terms of punching power, but maybe not. But, yeah, England was a bad dude, though, without a doubt. Number two. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Donald Brashear. Now, Brashear, I know, did fight MMA in Quebec. He has an MMA fight. How, um, I didn't even, I don't know, I didn't even know that, but somebody put up a picture, and it's Brashear with, like, MMA, and, like, you know, in the cage. And it wasn't, like, a UFC thing, but, I mean, in Montreal, it would have been TKO. I mean, because I think that's the same spot, the same uh, organization that John Moraski had a cage fight in. Um, there was a number of hockey guys that had, MMA fights, uh, but yeah, Brashear has fought MMA, so there you go. He's the one guy that legitimately was uh, on the list that fought MMA. Um, yes, I know Brashear isn't currently in the NHL, but it's only a matter of time before a team bites the bullet and signs him. As long as the NHL permits goonish behavior, people like Brashear are going to have a place in the roster. Brashear is one of the most feared enforcers to ever play hockey, and for good reason. He's not afraid of anyone. Punches always seem to land and cause damage. 6'3", 240, he's a large man. Deal out large amounts of pain in a short period of time. Currently playing in the LNA. Well, there you go. You did that research. Currently playing in the LNAH. Brashear was recently suspended for attacking the goalie of another team, earning himself a five-game suspension in the ire of the league office. Of course, that's just Brashear's job. When you sign Donald Brashear, you're not expecting 30 goals. You're expecting mayhem and pain. The exact same things that you would help help him in an MMA fight. Well, you were not wrong, Mike, for having him on the list because he did end up in having an MMA fight, so... Uh, and the number one, here we go. Uh, oh, I was expecting, I was legitimately suspecting like Ty Domi or Bob Probert. Uh, George Peros. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, aside from walk, rocking one of the best mustaches in NHL history, Peros is one of the most feared enforcers in the game today. In his debut against the Dallas Stars, Peros uh, achieved the infamous Gordial Hattrick. Uh, Peros fought an amazing 27 times during the 2010-2011 season, beating up guys like Bissonette, Colton Orr, and Derek England. I laugh, he spelled Derek England wrong when he just had him on the list. It was spelled right on the list, though. Um, I don't remember Peros beating Orr in England, but okay. Peros also stands an opposing 6'5", making him only, 
only second to Chara in height and reach, but Peros has a penchant for fighting that Big Z might never have. Uh, Peros will drop the gloves with anyone in the league and always seem to be the aggressor in the bout. If George and his mustache ever decide to give MMA a try, he might be a force to be reckoned with. Oh, there we go. Um, I think I've said this before about with, with Peros. I, I don't mind George. He was all right when he played. Um, he certainly fought a lot. There was no doubt about that. Had a great fight card. Um, to be complete, again, have I watched, could I, you know, I, can I quote his fight card in every one of his fight chapter and verse? No. Um, I've seen some of his stuff. I've, again, I'm no, I'm not going to say I've claimed to be a Peros expert or anything. I will say the stuff I've seen, eh, you know, he was okay. Um, but big guy, willing, uh, knew, you know, would, would stand up and fight everybody. So what more do you want? Um, you know, what, would I classify him in some big top 10 or top five? No, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with George. I, I do find that the old pictures from when he was started with the Kings, where he has no mustache. I find that a little, it looks strange, but, um, he does have a sweet mustache. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, and a funny guy. Um, yeah, well, there you have it. The, <laughs> most likely that has got to be the dumbest list I've ever done on this show. But I found it a humorous. But I will say, you were right. Brashear did go into MMA, so you were... Hey, 1 out of 10. There you go. Um, there we go. There's your list of NHLers that could go on to MMA, apparently. Uh, I don't. It was written in June, so that must have been a struggle at the deadline, and we got to come up with something. Yeah, Much like this episode was a struggle, and i got to come up with something. So, actually, I shouldn't knock the author of that, because, Mike, I've been in your position, let me tell you. Uh-huh. Anyway, guys, there we go. It's a, an hour and a bit for your Wednesday commute. Hopefully you enjoyed it uh, when you're, uh, you know, driving to work or you're sitting on the train or in your cubicle eating your cheese sandwich and you're trying to avoid Martha talking to you about her cats. You got your headphones in. Hopefully you have Raycon. That, I was going to say that's my other ad. Um, I've, I've often said that with the ad reads, I know there's probably a lot of people when they get to the ad reads, they fast forward and stuff. And believe me, I understand, whatever. Um, but guys, got to put them in. They're the sponsors of the show or the sponsors of the network. You know, got to pay the bills. Um, I really do hope, though, that, um, you know, maybe you guys, if you're if you're going to if you're going to bet and do DraftKings, I hope you use the THPN promo code. It's actually a really good uh like prop, like sign up bonus. That is a good bonus. And uh, with Raycon, um, the the fifteen percent off using THPN for the headphones and stuff and earbuds. Um, I know my brother who's had a million different earbuds. Um, I know he has some. I gave him the Raycons. He really liked them. I'm I'm not just saying this because Raycon. Um, I'm not I'm not you know, you know you're. I'm not Vince from Slap Chop. You'll love my nuts. Um, <laughs> No, but I'm just saying, uh, Raycon is a, is a sponsor this month. Um, they're just kind of, we're trying to, work, they're trying to work something out with the network um, in terms of like maybe a, hopefully a long-term sponsorship. Um, but that is kind of the deal right now. So it's hopefully 
we can get a bunch of myself and all the shows that are promoting the Raycon THPN promo code. Hopefully you guys out there will maybe, maybe buy, make a purchase and, uh, and help the network out when you do, please. Use THPN also helps you out. Like I said, gets you 15% off. Hey, today's economy, 15% is 15%. I don't care how you slice it. So, uh, I hope you do that. And if you need, I mean, all, everyone has earbuds in for the gym and walking and everything else. Um, Raycons are good, man. I'm telling you. So I'm just, again, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and you'd also be helping out the network. You'd be helping out old Darren here. So, you know, another thing, way you can help me out in all seriousness, um, if you download, don't stream the, the episode, um, whatever platform you're listening to this show on, whether it be iTunes, Apple, you know, whatever, iTunes and Apple, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. If you could rate and review my show, it helps me out in the, in the, uh, in the analytics, speaking of analytics, but in the algorithm of things, same thing on YouTube, fourth line voice on YouTube. I have over 20, 2,500 fight videos, all the leagues, whatever you're looking for, type it in, boom, up they'll come. Believe me, go down that rabbit hole, you'll dig it. Um, if you come across the video and you're watching it and you dig it, hit the thumbs up button. If you like the channel, please subscribe. Um, I would greatly appreciate it. Plus, YouTube loves that shit. Again, it helps in the algorithms. You know, when you're watching a YouTube video and on the right-hand side it says, like, uh, similar video. Um, yeah, that's what it's all about. So, uh, yeah, guys, that's that's the one thing you can do, not only for myself, but for Alec or for Joe or for any podcast that you listen to or any YouTube channel that you watch. If you enjoy the content, enjoy the, the podcasting or the video, um, that's how you can say that you do and you can help out the creator. So that's it. It's just little things like that. And uh, that way you can give back, you know, as content creators, you spend hours and hours trying to give you guys entertainment. And that's the one little thing that you could do as a thank you. You know, when the pizza guy shows up and brings you delicious pizza, you tip him. Well, that's how you could tip Darren. Maybe buy some Raycons. That'd be cool. Maybe you go to DraftKings, use the promo codes. That helps the network. But if you want to help old Darren, like this episode, review the episode, like the YouTube channel. There, I'm done. Be- is I'm done begging now, but no, I I often get asked by people about all oh, your po- you know you have a lot of ads in your podcast. And, well, I have two. I don't know. Well, mostly just one. I don't know if I have lots of ads. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get people that don't they get don't like ads, and especially if you listen to the show all the time, it's like oh god, here we go. Yeah, the DraftKings thing. But like I said, the sponsors of the show, we have to put those in. Um, at the same time, I would hope instead of just skipping over them or rolling your eyes or whatever maybe you would look into uh look into uh to doing it and uh and using the code because that like i said that helps the network out that helps us keep the lights on and bring in you content it really does so anyway shh i'm gonna be quiet now it's actually 10 o'clock time for bed 5 15 comes early i'm telling you but I wanted to get this out for you guys, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank you guys. I always say there's hundreds and hundreds of podcasts out there, hockey podcasts. The fact that you chose to listen to mine, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, please, if you enjoy it, come back. Check out the back catalog. Tell a friend. If you, if they're not on social media or they're not big podcast guys, they tell them there's some idiot in Saskatoon that yells about old-time hockey and gets mad about everything. You should listen. Maybe uh, you, it, it's the show of the people. This is your guys' podcast. So, um, you know, if you guys have any, uh, one last thing, if you have any comments, suggestions, good, bad, or otherwise, uh, my DMs are open, as the kids say, or else you can email me, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, like I said, good, bad, or otherwise, constructive criticism, or you just want to say you suck, 
or you like the episode, or you should maybe do this. I have a show topic. You should do this. I want to be on your show. I could talk about this. Whatever. I'd love to hear from you. So please drop me a line. But in the meantime, I'm getting out of here. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I will talk to you cats on Sunday. Thanks, guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?